Velikarja, Shaw Jerry Adams, Arish, Ogus Morris Grata Sola Gumsa, Gobel Shibsha, Gumoy. And as I record this week's podcast, all of the scale coming from the Israeli government and its international allies indicate that a ground invasion of Gaza is imminent. In fact, one or two incursions on the ground incursions have already taken place. And it will, according to some of these sources, be a surgical strike against Hamas. And from British government ministers to political pundits, from international allies of the Israeli government to Israeli spokespersons, the aim, they all say, is to destroy Hamas. That's nonsense, of course. The reality is that Israel can no more destroy Hamas than Hamas can destroy Israel. In addition, the claim that in a military ground invasion of Gaza, Israel would be mindful of civilians, that's also a nonsense. In the past two decades, attacks by Israeli forces on and assaults into Gaza, and more recently against Palestinian people in the West Bank, have produced overwhelming evidence of an apartheid state that views Palestinians as inferior and without rights. They are, according to Israeli Defence Minister, human animals. Over the past few weeks, almost 100 Palestinians, including at least 30 children, have been shot dead in the West Bank by Israeli snipers. 1,300 Palestinians, including many children, have been wounded. And as a horrific casualty list from Gaza mounts every day, by hundreds and sometimes by thousands, events in the West Bank are rarely reported. So even if Israel forces occupies the rubble of a Gaza city levelled by its scorched earth policy, even if it forcibly evicts or kills those Gazans living in the northern half of that territory, even if it annexes it as part of a land grab for the greater Israeli state envisaged by Benjamin Netanyahu, this will all have the opposite effect the strategists are predicting. The history of colonialism is littered with examples of oppressed people emerging stronger and more determined to pursue their right, their legitimate right to self-determination. And if colonialism and our own experience in Ireland teaches us anything, it is that Israeli actions are more likely to embolden opposition to Israeli occupation, not defeat it. For example, the blockade of Gaza for almost 20 years, the flouting of international law and the Israeli government's apartheid policy. None of that has diminished the Palestinian desire for freedom and justice. The failure of the international community to stand up for international law and to defend Palestinian rights 
has led us to the current nightmare. Moreover, there's now a real danger that the conflict will extend beyond Gaza and the West Bank and embroil the region. It may be several decades since Arab states and Israel clashed on the battlefield, but concern at Israeli aggression is mounting in the neighbouring states, from Lebanon to Jordan to Syria to Iran and Egypt. Tensions are rising, and there are real risks of a calamitous escalation. But it's still not too late to turn back from the abyss. It will need leadership and courage by all sides, as well as a willingness to take huge personal and political risks for peace. And it especially demands that the international community defend the Palestinian people of Gaza and the West Bank. The massive solidarity demonstrations last weekend here in Ireland and around the world can help change the narrative. Thus far, governments have ignored what their citizens are demanding of them. But the increasing numbers of voices demanding a complete cessation by all sides and an end to the humanitarian catastrophe that's taking place in Gaza are evidence that there remains a deep well of compassion for all victims. Declan Kearney, Sinn Féin National Chairperson, addressed a huge march of tens of thousands in London. He said, What's happening and what's taking place in Gaza, the likes of it we have never seen. The world has a choice to make, to stand with the oppressed and dispossessed of Palestine or not. We stand on the side of humanity, decency, universal democracy and international law. We are all Palestinians now. The Irish government is in a unique position to voice and to be a voice within the international community, to demand cessations, to demand dialogue, to demand ceasefires and a just settlement. And the policy of neutrality and military non-alignment, which Ireland holds, has proven invaluable in allowing the Irish government to use the United Nations and other international bodies to win support and defence of human rights. Now, at times, our government has been wishy-washy on these uh, matters, and there's been a lot of flip-flopping. But our Uchtaron Michael D. Higgins' assertion that the head of the European Commission, Ursula von der Leyen, was not speaking for Ireland when she gave unqualified support for Israel was widely welcomed. And Uchtaron's insistence that the international community retain and insist on the veracity of international law was also widely supported. And these remarks underline the importance of Irish neutrality. Michal Martin started us on a slippy slope to get rid of neutrality. That was echoed by Leo Varadkar and Taoiseach. But it must not be eroded and it must not be undermine. There was anger at comments by Michal Martin following the Russian invasion of Ukraine when he suggested that Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael and the Green Party 
the government was moving away from neutrality. Michal Martin said, we need to reflect on military non-alignment in Ireland and our military neutrality. He claimed that we don't need a referendum to join NATO. That's a policy decision of government and that was widely challenged and criticised. The crisis in the Middle East and the illegal and brutal assault on the people of Gaza reinforces the imperative of our policy of neutrality. By remaining neutral, by remaining non-aligned, the Irish government has the opportunity to build on the state's positive contributions in the United Nations and to its peacekeeping work. Ireland, our island is known for our work in peace building and the protection of human rights and fundamental freedoms. Irish neutrality has served the island of Ireland well and served our people well and is generally welcomed by the majority of states within the UN. And this is evidenced by the support it received several years ago to join the UN Security Council. Through diplomacy, humanitarianism, peace building and cooperation, we do have the ability to make a real difference in international matters to play an important role in an increasingly dangerous world. By investing in conflict resolution rather than conflict participation, the Irish government can make a solid positive contribution to de-escalating the language of war, sectarianism and racism. Neutrality is not about being isolationist. It's not about indifference. It's not about turning our backs on the world. As the International Committee of the Red Cross said two days or so ago, neutrality is a way of helping that allows us to reach those who need it most. That means condemning those who breach international law, whether it's Hamas or the Israeli government, and standing up for and with the impoverished and imprisoned Palestinian people, the wretched of the earth, living under the brutal rule of apartheid. Silence in this dark time is complicity in the genocide of the people of Gaza. When we look to our own uh, conflict and reflect back on all that has happened and where we are today, it is a time for giving thanks that we are where we are today. Last Monday, 30 years ago, an IRA bomb exploded on the Shankill Road. It killed nine people and an IRA volunteer, Thomas Bagley. It was a shocking event compounded a week later when eight people were shot dead in grey steel. These were two of the many atrocities which occurred during a quarter of a century of conflict. Their impact on families and communities reverberates still today, as do the more than 3,000 other deaths and thousands of injuries that resulted from these desperate years. The families of the dead and the injured have lived with the consequences ever since. We're in a much better place today, not least because many of those who suffered directly from the violence became peacemakers. Citizens willing to step outside their own personal tragedies and provide and support 
and comfort to the bereaved and injured and to become advocates for peace and for justice. We're mindful of their loss and grateful for their courage and dedication at breaking down barriers. Alan McBride, who lost his wife Sharon and her father Desmond in the IRA bomb in the Shankill, is one such person. He's an example to the rest of us, including me. So to finish, just a little poem, little poem I wrote in Gielga. It's called Cheer Connell Hui. Bull may the spare van, or bar portic a mask nishlebda, it's your conal hui. Hugshi a lab dum, or bar portic a mask nishlebda, it's your conal hui. Hug may pogue di, or bar portic a mask nishlebda, it's your conal hui. Fan and shalom, Ursa and Sparavan, our bar portic and masks nislebda, it's your conal hui. Sinea carja, Iha hauna, we waisha deepsha. Have a very happy Halloween. Gunyuri and ta livesha. Slan August Bonnock tea.